Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. I'm having so much more fun now. I have let them show me how to live their way. This is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 233. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey, kids. Have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way-out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. Fifty-two pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Plop, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail, made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to theslowpoisoner at gmail.com That's theslowpoisoner at gmail.com while supplies last. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Bear Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copies today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. I plan to go on Charles F. Rosene's Magical History Tour in 2024. And here is Charles to talk about it. Hey, hey, this is Charles Rosene, sometime guest here on the Fun Ideas podcast. Have you ever thought of taking a Beatles tour to Liverpool? Well, I host and organize the Magical History Tour every summer, www.liverpooltours.com. But I'm here to tell you about two other things. My books. Yes, Mark isn't the only author. I've recently published the book of Top Ten Beatles Lists, where 64 celebrities gave their top ten favorite Beatles-themed lists with reasons why. And 
all kind of fun stuff. Please check it out, www.bookoftop10beatleslists.com. It's the follow-up to www.bookoftop10horrorlists.com, where a hundred celebrities gave their favorite horror lists. Enjoy the upcoming show, and thank you for listening to my ad. In Fun Ideas Productions news, progress is being made on publishing my upcoming Turtles and Mad books. Hopefully they will be out by the end of 2023 or the beginning of 2024. My latest books that are published include my books on Pac-Man, the stars of Walt Disney Productions, the revised second edition of my Monkeys book with Michael A. Ventrella called Long Title, and the TTV Scrapbook. You can buy them all on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly from Bear Manor Media. If you'd like a signed book, contact me at funideas.mark at gmail.com or purchase your book through my listings on eBay. I'm still working on my TV cartoons at Time Forgot book, as well as articles about the Harvey Implosion and Aunt Archie's Mr. Weatherby. On today's show, we have a returning guest to discuss Looney Tunes and other animation. Here he is, Anthony Cotterack. Hi, this is Mark Arnold with yet another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast, and today we have a returning guest whom I think... It's first time on the video format. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Anthony Cutterack. How are you doing today, sir? Very good, very good. I think we were on video last time. I, I don't maybe... remember. I thought we were just on audio only because there was a time where we just did audio. So, But no matter, uh, you're back. And yes. I've helped you probably many times since the last time we spoke on uh, uh, various Looney Tunes uh, episodes, which I will have you explain what we do. Yeah, so uh, first of all, we have a lot of fun, and that, that that's the main thing, you know. We're, you can go and you, you can you know create a channel and and all that stuff, but if it's not fun, what then what's the point of doing it? So, uh, so for those who don't, who don't know what I do, I I'm I'm taking on the challenge to review all one thousand Looney Tunes all in order, and uh, I bring various guests along with me because let's face it, if I'm reviewing all the Pepper Pews in a row, I'll be like. Here's another Peppy again. <laughs> so getting various guests along um, to give their point of view can, can can make things fresh. You know, I mean, I mean, what else I'm going to say about Roadrunners, for example? Like, <laughs> they're they all just... <laughs> um, so I'm trying to mix things um, up a bit. So, yeah. Um, so, so both yourself, either yourself solo or with uh, Camden Spees and other of your regular guests... Um, yeah, join in on the fun, and I have the the fun and pleasure of uh, editing everyone. Mm. <laughs> That's fun. Who have you had on the show besides us? Um, so let's see, uh, Manny Cruz, the Toonie tenor. Uh, so he's, he's a <laughs> yep, musical expert, um, and of course, all around Looney Tunes and Simpsons nut as well. I mean. We're at a point where we communicate through Simpsons memes, so that's uh, <laughs> um, that, that, that's how we do it. Um, my good friend Blue Genocide, he is a an up and coming YouTuber. He's um, his focus is mainly on on Sonic games, but he also does some cartoon related stuff, pop culture stuff. He's a nineteen um, thirties horror buff as well, and he helps edit. Um, some of the stuff I do as well. And yes, I do pay him. I don't ask people to do things for free. Unlike some, well, I don't get paid. <laughs> this is, oh, no, no, you, this is yeah, payment you, enough that you do my show too. So anyway, fair you, you, you're, you're the asterisks. You're the asterisks <laughs> yes. in this case. Um, I've had, um, 
uh, this means podcast, Jonathan Graves. He's um, he's, he's been a guest a few times. Um, uh, up and coming animator Eli Copperman. He's been on for a while. Luke Perkins um, again. You know, like some some of them are you know young kids. I mean, I'm 38, so I guess I can call them kids because they're 18, <laughs> 19. But so yeah. I, I guess I have the right now to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But they're they're all you know like hungry. They're all like, hey, I I, I enjoy this hobby. I want to um study it i want to do this sort of stuff so i think it's great that to have um on one end of the spectrum of course yourself and then on the other <laughs> someone maybe even older but anyway uh, <laughs> the, um who else have i had i mean i've spoken with rob mckimson jr um thanks to camden um that was wonderful he's such a lovely guy and uh also linda jones the cloud um yeah. uh, chuck jones's uh, daughter and um yeah she was on a few videos and she even gave me some really good feedback on my videos that I've ta- have taken to heart. Um, she, like people have said to me, oh, she can be kind of prickly and whatever, but no, I just say <laughs> she's just, she loves her dad. She's very protective of her dad and that's, yeah, you know, why not? <laughs> but she did point out to me though, with all your guests, where are the women? Where are the women? <laughs> and it's true. Um, I mean, I've had, I've had um, one woman um, in the past, um, you know, unfortunately she's, I think moved on to other things. Um, I think she's just going through some stuff. She needs her space. Fair enough. You know, she's always welcome back, of course. But mm-hmm. um, when I start doing the reviews from the when I change from the commentary format, um, yeah, the I got to get I got to get a woman on the show. I mean, hey guys, <laughs> put in the suggest put in the comments below. Let me know who I should get on the show. Um, not just my show, but also even you know your show too. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have I had? So. Yeah, Austin Kelly well, I've had. So, yeah, only one that pops in my head that Camden knows too is Amber Jones. <laughs> but then, yeah. have, you know, so, um, and she'd probably know her stuff, at least be able to talk about the voices and stuff like that since she's, you know, in that field herself. So, yeah. Oh, exactly um, right. Now I'll figure it out eventually. You know, once I get up to the cool cat, once I get up to the cool cats, I'll get I'll finally get a woman on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, you have to kind of admit, uh, over the years, you know, animation fandom was really a male-dominated field, you know, and it's like, mm. I don't remember a lot of female commentators early on when I first got interested in cartoons in the 70s and 80s. Mm. Uh, there was a couple out there, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, it was mainly males, you know, and of course, it's it was male-dominated even at the Looney Tunes and ter- Termite Terrace, you know, it was like, uh with a few voice artists and of course probably ink and paint you know you know this is a very male dominated field so i guess that's kind of exactly. what we're dealing with <laughs> exactly but hey look it is changing which is for the best um another thing that's changing too is you know we want you know to have more people of color as well i mean of course manny is um a person of color but also my good friend um uh, um oh, i forgot his name already <laughs> <laughs> um, now Huey Nelson, Huey Nelson. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking Nelson Hughes, but it's like, wait a minute, Nelson Hughes is not black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, um, uh, you know, wonderful guy. He's commented um, on a few of my Sense of Eleven shorts and that. But I definitely said to him, hey, you know, just because you're a person of color doesn't mean we have to do the racial ones. We can do any of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, um, I'm only doing Inky, and I'm only doing. No, yeah, that, that's, that's that's right. Damn it, no, no, he. Um, <laughs> Look, he provided <laughs> he did he provided context for those, which is which is yeah. great because otherwise, you know, I'm just another white guy reviewing, you know, these cartoons. But um, 
but yeah, but that's good. We we will want we want more people from varying backgrounds, um, you know, male, women, trans, whatever. Who cares? You yeah. know, we want more people. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the Looney Tunes, I think, as time goes on, I mean, there are the offensive stuff if you choose to look for it. I mean, but mm. for the most part, I I think the majority of the thousand cartoons, we'll limit it to that, are probably pretty um, safe and generally loved and transcend any particular gender or race or anything else i would say i mean obviously there's the censored 11 and a few beyond that but i mean that's a small percentage when there's a thousand cartoons you know if if you could say probably the most uh is maybe closer to a hundred cartoons or have might might have offensive material that's a pretty small ratio i would think exactly because i I just finished editing uh today actually before we i jumped on and i've just uploaded it and uh told warners no this is fair use you know please you know (laughs) please approve the video uh uh, 14 carat rabbits and on the surface is like well what's so offensive about that well nothing blatant but there is one little bit where um you see me sounds like oh going all the way down to chiny you know like yeah so, so, so stuff like that, you know, may not sit well today, but it's very minor. You just got to watch it in with those lens. Right. The one thing I noticed, um, because I, I did watch all thousand cartoons a few years back in order, and it took me a few months. It wasn't like I just sat down one day. Yeah, one, one, <laughs> one night, yeah, just yes. had multiple TVs going. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know if you've seen it. It's on YouTube somewhere where somebody plays all thousand cartoons and there's these little boxes on the screen <laughs> yeah. all at the same time. And uh, since uh, Horton Hatches the Egg is the longest cartoon, at the end of it, that's the only one still playing for another minute and a half. It's really funny. But when that it starts, one... it's all, <laughs> you know, with all the, you know, the, yes. the, the bullseyes, and, except for the bottom ones have that spinning W thing, whatever. You know? <laughs> oh, exactly. So it would be, yeah, Horton and uh, Cross Country Detours, I think, is the other that's yeah. the longest as but well. It, I think those two, yeah. But it's funny as the shorter ones pop off, you know, there's more and more little black squares. So I think it should be up. So it's on YouTube. It's just like all thousand looney tunes all at once you know and they play with the audio so you just hear this cacophony of noise but hey that's how i watched it no just kidding no but when i but when i did watch it the one thing i was going to say about offensive cartoons unfortunately majority of them were done by frizz freeling that's what i what i discovered and i don't think he was racist in himself it was just the times and what people Mm. did and i think he was probably the earliest director who directed most of the earlier cartoons not the exclusively because you know had yet Harmon and Ising and stuff like that in those early years and you know one could question is Bosco offensive or not but you know <laughs> um but you know it's like that was one thing I noticed and I think he did more of the censored 11 as well but you know overall I don't think he intended to do that and certainly later on you know most of his cartoons are very innocuous, so, you know. Exactly. He still inserts the odd Civil War yeah. gag here and there and slave mm-hmm. gag and that kind of stuff, um, even as late as the early 50s. Both him and Tex Avery were the last uh, directors, if you will, who actually um, just kept going with that uh, because it was the outcry, of course, in the 40s, and by the <laughs> 40s to the 50s, it then started winding down, and it was only really Frizz and Tex that did that sort of stuff anymore. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but hey, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. 
It is what it is. But I was I was actually watching a documentary today uh, before we went on here, um, and it's free on Amazon Prime. I assume it's worldwide, not just the U.S., but it's about Jack Warner. It's a brand new documentary, and it does show Looney Tunes clips, but that's not the focus of it. What I was saying, it was just that it talks about the transition from silent to sound and of course the infamous movie was the jazz singer and of course, of course there's blackface and everything like that and i was just saying to my wife it's kind of a shame that that's the one that's the one that trans made the transition from silent to sound that everybody knows and mm. it has that stigma attached to it it's like yeah. oh well you know it's like you know, but you know there it is. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah, blackface is just pretty common. I mean, there was even early Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey's melodrama, yeah. and that that one literally has a scene of Minnie Mouse exploding a piece of dynamite. To yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can <laughs> guess. Uh, so even even Disney was doing it. Just by every studio was doing it, but it was just seen as acceptable. Uh, I guess part of it is that 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 they think, oh yeah, look, this was the. The, they're not complaining that it's fine everyone's fair game but they're like well what you're seeing on the screen is basically a parody of a parody because they don't really know what african-americans were really like they just assumed so anyway yeah <laughs> it's, it was pretty bad but right <laughs> but, see, but i don't know how we get got got into the whole uh well, it is a Looney Tunes just... thing. Um, uh, you mentioned but you can repeat it um so how far along are you on the thousand cartoons you said 14 karat rabbit is that what it was yes uh what what cartoon number is that do you know and what year 644 okay and have you done all 643 prior or are you jumping around a little bit no i i didn't pry but here's i'll try and keep this as brief as i could but my journey has been interesting especially with warner brothers now i will stress that it's their copyright they have every right to do what they need to do that's fine but they also need to respect the law in regards to fair use so when i started this project i actually started it as audio commentary so similar to what people like jerry beck and even yourself you've done some commentaries before on those um the patty freeling sets I haven't heard them all i will hear more eventually you know i'll get there (laughs) i'll get there i'll get there um so anyway, I was doing that, and when I did the first copyright short, which was Ride in Bosco, that, that's the earliest Warner Brothers copyright short, they blocked the video. YouTube, I was like, oh, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I sent in a submission saying, God, oh, yeah, it's fair use. I thought, eh, I only have like 80 subscribers by this point because no one cares about Bosco. I thought, I used that as... <laughs> I used it as a training ground, actually, to do the first hundred or so, practice my voice. So when I did get to the good ones, I would be a lot better better speaker. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I sent it through, and it came back, yeah, we, we've released it. It's like, oh, okay. So I just, from then on, just did a commentary, uploaded it, released it. And, you know, eventually, and I was doing them solo, and then eventually I had friends on. and But then once I reached 1946... All of a sudden, I, I get an email. I had like 39 takedowns. I was like, Ooh. what? <laughs> you know, uh, they were issuing takedowns. And so I managed to save the channel. But then a few days later, I get a call from the US. I'm like, what is this? And turns out it was actually Warner Brothers Legal. So we had a chat. And I know some would say, oh, you should have had maybe legal representation, but whatever. I, I, I worked in the insurance industry before, so I know the, the jargon. <laughs> But if it got to a point where I was really wasn't comfortable, I would have said, look, I'll speak to my lawyer. But I um, I had a chat with her. She, you know, she was nice. She was very reasonable. And so they, they, she basically said they all sat down and watched the videos and they said, look, 
what you're doing in terms of the content itself, the history in that is, is, is actually great. And they actually learned a thing or two, but they, just, they, but they ultimately <laughs> decided that they do not feel showing the cartoon from start to finish is fair use. That was their decision. Now, if they've made that decision, then that means they're confident if this matter went to court, they would most likely win. That's how they would feel, okay? Mm-hmm. So I agree to take down all except for the public domain or your commentaries. Right. Um, so unfortunately, I had to I had to do that. So then I had to retool uh, my reviews, my commentaries into reviews. So starting in 1947, I did a few. I might actually even redo a few of those ones because I was still <laughs> figuring it out. So that they became reviews. I started having guests again, and now they're like the ones you see today. Right. But then what do I do with the old stuff? I can't have the commentaries. I could put them on Patreon or whatever, but that's a lot of work. And honestly, some of them, some of them have some mistakes I'm not that proud of. So what I've been doing is doing redos. Mm -hmm. So I would have uh, clips of the original commentary, new information, and then, um, yeah, if someone wants to add in their two cents, you know, about why Buddy is the greatest Looney Tunes character of all time. Yeah. (laughs) I I add that um, at at the uh, end as well. So I'm currently working through the redos. Uh Um, So so basically everything from 1947, actually 1946, I actually redid all 1946 first because that was where the takedowns happened. So from 1946 to now the beginning of 1952, it's all there. Reviews for every cartoon. I've done all of 1932. I'm not redoing the Bosco public domain ones because that that can be done anytime, doesn't matter. So 32, 33, now I'm up to 1934. Mm -hmm. I've done most of the Bob Clampett ones because I'm jumping around to you know, having fun with that, and the Frank Tashlin ones. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to soon start redoing from 1940 as well. So that way I have the 1930s, do those in order, and 1940s, do those in order, and sort of, hmm. you know, mix things up a bit. Hmm. Whew, I, hope, I hope that was uh, yeah, <laughs> brief enough. It's, it's a bit, a bit, a bit all over the place. So, <laughs> so to answer your question, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when do you anticipate getting to 1969 and the proverbial cool cat and Merlin and Magic Mouse and all those? You think? Well, uh, <laughs> it will definitely take. It'll definitely take a few years. I mean, yeah. I could get through these a lot faster if I had someone editing them for me. That's the reality. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in paying someone for their work. Um, you know, actually, if, if I'm going to hire someone to. Um, I'm, I don't expect my my, uh, my fans or you know of the channel to go. Oh, I'll, I'll do it for free. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I've seen yeah. way too many times people like, oh, uh, you, you should do do work for me. Um, and I'll give you the exposure. That that's just insulting. Mm-hmm. That that that's insulting. Yeah, you know. So I'm so I'm like, no, no, no. I edit these things really quickly now. I can do these reviews. I did 14 Carat Rabbit, which was a 23-minute review. Mm-hmm. I, um, Of course, one day I record them, right? But when it comes to editing, it takes me about three, four hours now to do. Uh, the challenge is, of course, i got two kids, and it's now school holidays here in Australia as we're recording this. <laughs> also, I do have a job. You know, we, <laughs> you know, I, I, I make, you know, you know, maybe few hundred bucks on youtube but that doesn't pay the bills right so um so you know i gotta i gotta juggle everything similar to you when you write your books you know you work and you you write it's the same thing um so to answer your question if i didn't have a job (laughs) i I could i I could do a review a day pretty much yeah yeah if i wanted to fair enough 
Um, and then I guess we've asked this before, but you know, I'll ask you again, is the, is the goal after this is done to do other studios, cartoons and things like that, or. Yeah. So or, the idea... or go beyond 69 with Looney Tunes or is that your cutoff? Oh, I'll, I'll probably will go beyond. I think it'll be interesting to do at least maybe the cutoff will be once the, um, all of the original creators are passed on. So like, like maybe the last of the Chuck Jones ones, which, which was the, um, was a HMAS pitiful one um, with uh, uh, Bugs and Yosemite Sam, like the only pure Yosemite Sam short that Chuck Jones ever did. Um, You know, that might be the cutoff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I figure once I get to the quote-unquote boring, you know, Daffy and Speedy ones, the beautiful, the Patty Freely (laughs) ones, I'll I'll probably end up reviewing something that's a bit more exciting alongside it with a different studio, maybe even do the Tex Avery MGMs or... Mm -hmm. You know something along those lines, but uh, first, I want to get through the redos. Um, it's definitely been a sore point for me not having those commentaries up, having to take them down. So, I think once those are up and I'm just doing the new stuff, I may even do another series alongside it. I've actually just started, um, I just I uploaded uh, earlier last week, um, my review for the Looney Tunes Collector's Choice. I want to do something, you know, different stuff live, you know, uh, I'll go, I even go right here. See? Wow. Uh-huh. And by now, pure... now there's going to be a volume two, but I don't know what cartoons are on it yet. So. But that's the, and that's the thing. <laughs> that was like the oddest bit of coincidence. I legitimately did not know they were going to do some sort of announcement um, <laughs> at that time. I really yeah. didn't know. Yeah. But I'm happy they announced mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I'm glad they are trying to put out new cartoons i mean new cartoons in quotes mm. you know not double and triple and quadruple dipping like they have done in the past you know it's like it's great uh to see what's opera dog again for the 10th time but i'd rather have a brand new cartoon that's never been to home video or at least since vhs days you know so yeah all laser disc yeah exactly um yeah. so 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 you're so, so, so you're not going to cry over the fact that they probably won't put Elmer's candid camera back on disc again for any future volumes. <laughs> I mean, how many times has that been on the physical media? That, you know, you know uh, what's funny? Someone must love it. You know what's funny? Is that, is is... that Jerry's doing? Yeah, he probably did. You know, he says never put this thing out. I hate this cartoon, but um, because he does if you read his book. But um, yeah, exactly. The one, the one thing. Uh, it's funny is you know those Looney Tune collections they put out before this new series and after I don't know if it's I think it was before the Platinum series uh, but after the Golden series they started doing individual series so that a Bug said a Daffy said superstars yeah superstars that's right um, there's one that's only on Amazon Prime and I downloaded it and it's Elmer Fudd and Elmer's camera is part of it. So. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's it's funny. Why didn't they put that one on disc? But I guess maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But so I have it uh, streaming at least. And, you know, anybody can buy it. You know, it's just not available on physical media. So. Oh, exactly. I mean, what I do is, you know, I pretty much rip, rip them anyway in the highest quality I can. Or, you know, or at least within reason. There's some compression, but whatever. You, you Trust me, you're not going to notice the difference unless you have, a, like, you know, a micro, you know, yeah. like a magnifying glass but uh i i have the uh my own media service so it's kind of like my own netflix so i have all the shorts on there best possible quality at the time i can update any any time um it, they all have their titles directors voice artists um which voice artist part needs to be fixed you know thanks to you know keith <laughs> scott's you know wonderful book which i have here as well the cartoon voices that's my, bi- <laughs> that's my bible um when i do these reviews 
Um, you know, shout out to, of course, Keith Scott, um, yeah. you know, fellow Aussie as well, which is fantastic. You know, we can, and he's been on here a couple of times. Yeah, too. we yeah. can, we, and, we, and we're in the same time zone. So I was thanking for that. That's always a great <laughs> thing with recording. <laughs> and so, um, so basically on any device I have, be it my TV, my phone, iPad, whatever, I can actually access any short I want. And I can even go further. I just don't have the time, but I can even go further and tag each short or each file with, okay, let's just say I want to um, isolate all the Bugs Bunnies, right? So on the back end, I can add tags, oh, right? Cool. So so then that way, if I ju- if I feel like just watching, okay, Chuck Jones, yep, I'll narrow it to Chuck Jones. And out of those, okay, which one's a Bugs Bunny? You'd add the tag Bugs Bunny and they sh- all show up. Cool. You know, I think that's a great little uh, little feature. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whenever I, I, I head on over to the US one of these days, I'll, I'll set it up for you. How does that sound? Very good, because nice little... <laughs> my my situation of getting all thousand cartoons, I went the, the bootleg route. <laughs> um, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> and um, it was around 2013, 2014, is there's a, a bootlegger that uh, no longer exists. I wonder why. <laughs> anyway, but uh, they were selling uh, all 1,000 cartoons plus, you know, they actually had like all the more current ones. Not the ones, you know, made for TV, but the more current theatrical ones and everything. So it was like 52 discs and it was $300. And I said sold because golden collections weren't happening anymore. I think the platinum collections were done and there's some double dipping. And I said, you know, I want to see all these cartoons in some format before I die. (laughs) Because I know out of a thousand cartoons, there's probably about 100 or 200 at least that I've never seen. Or if I did, I saw them when I was a kid, I forgot about them or whatever. And yeah. I will tell you, there are a couple of Bugs Bunnies I had never seen before. Um, you may know the titles better than me, but the one I, I sticks out in my mind is the one where Bugs is with uh, Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton of the Honeymooners. I had never seen that one before. And I think it's partially, partially because the Honeymooners is a little bit dated. The cartoon itself isn't very funny. Half, and, half fair hair, I think that's the one yeah. from 1959. I think, and that's I, the I one. think it's still not on home video. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. It's just that you know, uh, you, it's you on the Bugs 80th. If it's that okay. one, it's on the Bugs 80th. Yeah, okay, yeah. but that wasn't it. Wasn't out at the time, or at least it wasn't on DVD at the time when you know I got this collection. Yeah, yeah the collection isn't perfect because um, I mean, one thing that you're talking about is like I can upgrade it anytime I want. I can also just watch it. You know, bugs if I want, or just Pepe Le Pew or whatever, you know. Yeah, and exactly it's like, right. With mine, it's all burned into discs. They're all chronological order of varying quality. Whoever put it together, most of them were uh, recorded off Cartoon Network back in the day when Cartoon Network played such things. Actual cartoons. So, so it has their little logo in the corner saying Cartoon Network. They didn't bother to blur it out or anything like that, which is fine. If you said boomerang um, and, you know, the ones that were the best looking ones obviously were ripped from existing discs. So, you know, um, and the ones that had some most trouble spots were some of the Boscos, some of the buddies, things like that, because those early ones uh, still aren't that readily available. I mean, uh, there's probably a resounding huzzah by uh, Looney Tunes fans, but, you know, I wanted to see him at least once just to say, hey, I saw him. I think one of them's yeah. in such such poor shape on the disc it just was like pixelated and skipping and uh you know so i can probably safely say there's probably at least one cartoon i didn't see in toto but i can say it's not that big of a deal it wasn't like 
the 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 masterpiece cartoon that everybody's looking for or something like that and yeah, certainly buddy, buddy all, the gob will be it <laughs> right and certainly all the censored 11 were there in all their glory you know like cole black and everything else so it's like you know it's like hey you know so whoever put it together because i don't even remember their names i'd have to go you know but they they had like other dvd collections like every terry tune every universal woody woodpecker was all the universal um and every of the other studios i don't know how they were able to access all these maybe they worked in the industry or traded over the years with friends or whatever but unfortunately they're long gone so i can't buy all those other ones but you know nowadays with youtube things get put up all the time like i think you can see most if not all the terry tunes now on youtube you know yeah, exactly <laughs> you know? right so but you know i'm talking like just 10 years ago it's like it wasn't quite the case and so i said i want to see these things before i die and so once i did get the collection um i proceeded to watch them a few every night for about a year it took me about a year to get through all of them you know so yeah. Exactly, and really, what what is you know, Jerry Beck does need to be thanked for uh, for this, um, I guess, resurgence of the, uh, and of course, George Falenstein too, because you know, as you said, you know, in twenty thirteen, and I mentioned this in the review actually for the you know, Collector's Choice, uh, yeah, like in twenty thirteen, once that hippity hopper superstars came out, that was it. Like that, yeah. uh, Jerry himself said the vault was closed. It was like they just weren't doing anything anymore, and that was it, and. So eventually they came out with that Porky one and one set, which, you know, that was really low budgeted to the point where, you know, a lot of the shorts, you know, had errors on them and, and that sort of thing, which look, I'm not picking on the set, but that just was, that was the reality. They yeah. couldn't even do a high def release because yeah. it just wasn't, wasn't the but budget it, it for it. It was better than what I had because on the bootleg yeah. set, they even resorted to some of those old colorized ones because mm. they didn't have any of the other ones. So for me, it was yeah. a godsend to see them in original black and white, even that there were some errors in it. You know, exactly. So, yeah. So <laughs> like, like Africa squeak is probably a big one. And I think that was like the major highlight. I mean, yeah, it's not a very, it's a racially sensitive, you know, <laughs> short, but it was still, you know, uh, it was still amazing to see it. And, and uh, our mutual friend, Manny Cruz did mention that he watched that on Nickelodeon for some reason. I don't know why they picked that cartoon, but it was so butchered. Like it was, <laughs> Like it was just had hardly it was like a four minute cartoon or something because all the racial stuff was just removed and the cartoon just did not make sense whatsoever. So when he saw the full thing, he's like, "Oh, that's why." Uh, so you know, when when Porky One Hundred One, I guess didn't do as well as they thought originally. It eventually made a profit, but it was slower than they thought, and I think yeah. it was just because people were complaining about the titles and all that sort of stuff. So they did Popeye. Not the 1940s Popeye Volume One, and Jerry was like, "Yeah, this is pretty much like a last stitch thing. You gotta show your support, otherwise, then otherwise they're not gonna see it." Um, and I bought it, and I had I didn't actually have the other Popeyes at the time. I'm like, oh. "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll buy it." You know, I haven't seen these. Doesn't cost me that much, even though I mean in Australia and the currency conversion and all that stuff. I I bought it, and uh, sure enough, it showed there was interest, and of course. Popeye 2 and 3, and of course the Granddaddy, which I don't think anyone was expecting, that was Tex Avery Volume 1, mm -hmm. 2, then 3 uh, which yeah, had some errors, but that's COVID related, yeah. whatever you know, yeah. it, it is what it is, but still even with those errors, seeing those cartoons in such quality yeah, because uh, the negatives uh, you know, you're of course aware that there was the Vault Fire in the 60s uh, right. which got rid of a lot of the Tom and Jerry's and that all the original negatives, but watching those sets, you wouldn't even know it 
you would think right. that they went to original camera negatives when in fact they have these wizards there that would <laughs> go, okay, this film stock has the best scenes one, five, and ten. This film stock has better versions of scene two, whatever. Yeah. They put it together and then they clean it up and all this stuff. And again, you would not know that no. there was any errors. And then um uh, oh, and of course, they released Bugs Bunny Superstar, with, uh, which is one of my intros to the Looney Tunes universe um, when I was a kid. Um, and then, of course, yeah, now, as we mentioned, this. And I mean, what did you think of the restoration of Beanstalk Bunny? I mean, that's probably had my jaw. Yeah. Like, and it, it's kind of funny. Of course, I said I've seen them all, but it's like Camden and I both said this when it came out. Hasn't this already been out before? But it's like, no. it really hasn't, you know, because I did my research on it and I go, I mean, maybe it was on a VHS, you know, way back when. But it was a laser disc, yeah, and a laser disc, you know. But you know, to me, those formats don't count. You know, it's it has to be on at least DVD, you know, or Blu-ray, you know, to count mm. as an official release for me at this point. Mm. Um, so it's it's just kind of like you know, I mean, I I used to have, well, I still have them. I used to have about ten Looney Tunes on, uh, or still have on sixteen millimeter film, and. Mm. For years, they weren't on home video at all, not even VHS. I mean, one of them is the mouse that Jack built, the Jack Benny one. <laughs> yeah. And um, I do have, uh, I can't, I, it just popped in my head. Uh, and now I can't think of it. It's the one with uh, Porky and Daffy when they're in the hotel room. It's the Tashlin one. And it has a Bugs cameo at the end. What's that one called? Um uh, I've, I've, I've drawn I've drawn a blank, um, and it's in the public yeah. domain, so it should be easy. To yeah. Find. Anyway, the the version I had was the colorized version, so but it was on sixteen millimeter film, and yeah. you know, of course, now it's out uh, in nice pristine black and white. Um, but and uh, HD yeah. too. Yeah. So I I don't mind that. I mean, it's like you mentioned Tex Avery there. It's like um, I remember when they were rumoring Tex Avery coming out on DVD back around two thousand five, and. Uh, Jerry Beck and I were talking about it, and there was already a French set that came out. And Jerry told me, and everybody regrets this, um, he says, oh, save your pennies. There's going to be a better U.S. version coming out by Christmas. Well, I'm yeah. still waiting. <laughs> well, no, the Blu-rays did eventually come out. But the set that was supposed to be identical to the French set but remastered and better never came out. And so for years, I cherished that French set. And then finally, they put a few on the, the Looney Tunes Platinum Volume 2, and then they put out the three sets, which I think are probably going to be the best we got. So, yeah, it's missing a couple cartoons here and there, but, you know, hey. Yeah, exactly right. And then, yeah, if you, free, if you freeze <laughs> frame, there's some artifacts here and there. But again, yeah, honestly, if you don't if you don't even know about them, you wouldn't even... Yeah. And, and, and they're eons better than the French set. I mean, the French sets are nice. But you can tell they just they didn't do a lot of cleanup on them. It, you know, they're just good, solid mm. film copies put on DVD. And that's what they did. Ex you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I was listening to one of the podcasts um, with uh, Jerry and George on it. I think it might have been the extras. I'm not sure. Or maybe it was a precursor to that um, wonderful podcast. But as I understand it, yes, there was the intention to release them. They did do the droopies, the, the complete mm -hmm. droopy set, right? Right. right. Uh, but the idea was to try and get them out. But the way that they were cleaned up, the only ones that were properly restored were the CinemaScope ones, of course, the non-Avery ones. <laughs> but the other ones, they did this 
restoration process that just didn't work. And if you look at the shorts on, on, on those DVDs, you'll notice there's a lot of smearing. There's a lot of um, uh, details missing because they use what's called DVNR, which is digital video noise reduction. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. And in fact, restoration usually involves that at some point where they'll go through the whole short and they'll reduce the um, the grain. But with animation, you run the risk of removing the animated line. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have to then go back frame by frame and go, okay, this, uh, this removed this line. We've got to undo that, undo this and fix this, whatever. Next frame, blah, blah, blah. And I, yeah. I realize I'm oversimplifying uh, because I know some restorations might be watching this and going, no, there's more to it. But then, yeah, I'm yeah. simplifying. Yeah. yeah. I'm just keeping these mm. things. So the, but the Droopy set, as I understand, it, did not do that well. And that's why the Avery set did not come to fruition. That's my understanding of it. Uh, because they they tried this thing to try and get them out, I guess, a little bit cheaper. Uh, because that process of just running DVNR and calling it a day would have obviously mm-hmm. been a lot cheaper than for a frame by frame restoration. Um, there's probably more to this story, but as I understand it, the Droopy set just did not do well, and they just, they couldn't get the yeah. I mean, off the ground. Except for maybe the first Droopies for the first, probably the first half of the first disc. Um, yeah. Probably most people who are wanting. Tex Avery, they want the little red and wolf, you know, and screwy squirrel and just the, you know, one off cartoons like TV of tomorrow more than Droopy. You know, it's like Droopy's a good character, but when one wants, I, I bet if you ask most people that know their Tex Avery, the Droopy cartoons wouldn't necessarily be the number one one they're looking for. It'd be one of the other ones. I, I bet yeah. you, you know, um, like my favorite one, for, I, I'd have to think about it. But yeah, little, little Rural Riding Hood is up there above most of the Droopies and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, I like TV of Tomorrow and things like that. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's silly fun to each its own. But I mean, that's what people are wanting. And so I could see. You know, I thought that the Droopy set was like just a test saying, oh, the Droopies are the safest ones we can put out because there's not too much offensive material in those. And then if that works, then we can take a bigger risk. But something else probably came along at that time. But, you know, I bought it anyway. You know, I said, hey, mm. Droopy is better than nothing, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and and they were improved from that French set again, you know, so it's like, mm. which I still have. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think around that time as well, you had the 2008 financial crisis too. And I think yeah, yeah. Um, physical media sales across the board just tanked. And that's why um, Jerry had to, um, I don't want to use the word beg because um, I don't think it was him groveling, please, 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 or anything like that. But I think he had to really convince them to even do a six golden collection. And he was like, okay, I've got one more set. What's the most important things we need to put on here? Um uh, you know, which is and disappointingly, he didn't load up with all the buddies, but anyway, no, I kid, I kid, of course. Uh, but no, he put all the important stuff, like you know, um, Horton and that that sort of stuff on, on that set. Um, and now hear this that's one of my favorite um, Chuck Jones cartoons, so stuff like that. So he did, you know, very well with that uh, set, but then of course, it was, it was canceled. Then he tried the they tried the platinum collections, and again, I think with the platinum collections, um, uh, the upgrades were great. I know there was a few new restorations that they did stuff up on, but again, whatever, we'll just put that to the side. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, well, I already have most of them on DVD and yeah. Blu-rays were still, it was still fairly new. And I think it was just the market wasn't there at that time. If you yeah. try platinum collection now, 
I think you'd have a much better chance. Um, they would have sold a lot better. Yeah. Um, Which essentially, I guess, is that viewer's choice. That's Hmm. like a redo of Platinum. Doing it right is how I would call it. Because it did bum me out that Platinum, yeah, it's a a Blu-ray upgrade, but lots of double dipping here. You know, it's like, I don't want to be double dipping on volume one. You know, it's like, if you're going to double dip, do it down the line when, you know, it's like you've Hmm. already, you know, done all the other good ones that you won't censor or whatever or release Hmm. right away. Because um like a good example one thing i did like that they did in the platinum collection is they put all the tasmanian devils together they put all the marvel the martians together um in that case i didn't mind a double dip because i think like one or two of each of those were already previously released but it's nice to have them all together in one chronological cut place yeah um, although with your computer and streaming and you could just type in Taz Devil, you know, <laughs> you can get it yourself, exactly. but, you know, but yeah. you know, we're not there yet. So it's like, you know, you know. exactly. And they're great sets. I mean, I, I don't yeah. want people to think I'm putting down the panel collections. I actually loved them. I bought them straight away. I even got the, um, limited one, um, for the, for the first volume that had the, the shot glass in it. Um, oh, you know, right. I, I was like, you know, why not? Why not? You know, I'm not, a, not too much of a drinker, but Hey, it looks yeah. pretty cool. So I got that one. And, uh, and I, I like the theming of it as well. Like first volume had the third disc that was spotlighting Chuck Jones, and the second one had the third disc spotlighting Tex Avery. And unfortunately, the third set, I think it was just, "Hey, this is your last one. Just yeah, we're, we're going to cut your budget." And it was just two discs, and see yeah. you later. One uh, thing I, I still, did, one, yeah. uh, one thing I did do is in, in recent times for Warner Brothers' one hundredth anniversary, they've reissued um, the cartoons only. Yeah. in a, a six disc set and i actually thought that was a, a neat thing some people was like they didn't put all the bonus extras but it's like it got me to buy it again because i said it's just the cartoons on this one so you know you just watch six disc cartoons with all the com- without commentaries without all the documentaries blah 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 just total looney tunes bliss and if i want to see all that extra stuff well i do have the other sets but you know it, it's like i kind of wish they did that with the golden collection too. have a second version that had just the cartoons, you know. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know they did the Spotlight Collection, which is more family friendly. That they kept the, you know, the the bad cartoons, you know, the the naughty cartoons out of <laughs> there. But what I'm hoping is, and, and I'll actually even ask you a question too. But um, with 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 the collector's choice, what I'm hoping is, of course, that the collector's choice focuses solely on new to dvd or blu-ray like like stuff that has not been released at all in that generation i'm hoping that they don't put on anything that was already in the golden collection yeah i'd love to see upgrades um on some of those of course i would um because some of them are stuck you know stuck on um on dvd um but i want them to just focus on everything new and then later on as you said yeah then go okay stuff that was already on dvd let's upgrade to hd now yeah. um and yes I, that includes i agree with that uh, the only exception i might make is if they took something uh but i think they already put it out but um like the the bugs money superstars where they decided to make a widescreen version you know yeah. if they yeah. corrected those yeah i could handle it if they did that but i think they already have on the bugs money 80th i believe most you know? yeah just about they're, yeah, they're so, all just about being done. Yeah. yeah so you know again that's a moot point the only other exception is that there's something that really for whatever reason was chopped out i can't even think of an example on the golden collection that they've since found well yeah you could put it on this collection you know and i'd welcome that but 
I don't know if there's it is anything like that. You know, it seems like they've found Hawkey most... One Hundred One would be the only one. Like if they did a, if they did a refresh of that. Yeah. Um, in HD because now, yeah. since that set was released and when HBO Max, now known as Max, came out, they actually remastered most of the the, the non-restored Porkies anyway. Yeah. So yeah. all you would have to do is just restore like Africa Squeaks and a few of those really, you know, like I said, na- naughty ones. And, yeah. you know, I, I think because you, cause, um, a few of the ones um, when it comes to the title screen, You'd be like, oh, whatever, big deal. But there was actually, uh, I think, two or three shorts where the opening yeah. gags were ruined because they had the wrong song in the front. So, right. um, I'd love to see Lone Stranger and Porky in HD. Uh, I think that yeah. one's a um, a very underrated. It's a great yeah. one. But but if if you're going to do that with these uh, home the collector's choice, I would rather have them like sprinkle them in rather than having a whole desk a whole disc of Porky again. Mm. You know, just to get a, another collector's choice out there because to me that's like a repeat of 101 and that's a big snore for me mm. you know um even if it's upgraded you know so um i think so far they're doing the right thing time yeah. will tell um i wish other studios would kind of follow suit but you know it's like we're in that weird period of you know it's like what is going to be the future of home video and this is it going to be a disc or is it going to be a 4K disc? Or is it going to be a a, a, a a flash drive? Or is it going to just be streaming? Or is it just going to be in the cloud somewhere? You know, what are where are we going with all this at this point? Which is kind of frustrating because, you know, I mean, I'm you're probably the same way. You want everything all in the same format. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, look, I got the collection here. Um, which I'm still sorting out, by the way, so it's a little bit messy, unfortunately. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I know for look 4K UHD, that's that will probably remain a niche in the same way the laser discs were. That's what I think is is um, regular Blu-ray. I think might have a resurgence, but people still are fine with DVDs. Yeah. Um, like they don't want to upgrade. No, that's cool. That that's their choice. I'm not gonna pick on them for that well, I, I will say this about blu-ray when blu-ray came out i did not have the largest tv and i didn't see an appreciable difference i had a blu-ray player because i wanted to play the things but i didn't see that much of a difference i have hmm. since bought a larger tv and my dad has an even larger tv his is like 60 something inches or something hmm. you know the largest tvs are over 70 or 80 now but you know it's like as you get larger and larger on those um, screens the higher definition definitely is noticeable, you know, especially yeah. if you have a, a lower grade, uh, what are they, 420 as opposed to 1080, I don't know, all the numbers and lingo. 480i. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's really noticeable that it's like, oh, that looks a little grainy now, you know, because, you know, yeah. whereas before when it was on your small screen, oh, that looks fine, you know. And, exactly. You know, so... Um, for me, uh, I've only recently made kind of the switch to Blu-ray. I'd buy an occasional Blu-ray now, but whereas just a couple of years ago, I would tend to just buy a DVD over Blu-ray. Now it's, I'll buy a Blu-ray over a DVD. And mm-hmm. I think it's just because I got the larger screen. They tend to put more extras on the Blu-ray and the price differential isn't as tremendous as it once was. Now mm-hmm. I'm at the, that level with, I'll buy a Blu-ray, but do I want to go to 4K and the price differential is, you know, like that, you know, it's like, eh, yeah, know. you know. No, um, it's fair. It's fair enough. Because uh, when DVDs were first designed, 
TVs back then could only output um, interlace, which is basically half the lines appear in a split second versus another. So that's why you get a lot of the shimmering effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that was then. But then once the high definition standard came out, high, you know, HDTV and that sort of stuff, yeah, the Blu-rays w- were designed to accommodate uh, for that. Um, and 4K was interesting because that came out in the think 2015 that was finalized where they finally were mm-hmm. able to add like 100 gigabyte discs like massive like four layers <laughs> instead of two that kind of stuff right but streaming then had started taking really taking off from then so it was a, it was so it was a kind of interesting thing you got the 4k disc but then streaming took off and so now we're at a point where yeah 4k disc i'd say yes even as a collector is a niche yeah. um blu-ray normal regular blu-ray perfectly fine um the real reason you want 4K is for the high uh, for the HDR, the great the color grading, mm-hmm. um, and the court they're really uncompressed sound. Like I watched the second Avatar, I got that on uh, 4K, and man, it's out of this world. <laughs> I mean, li- literally, of course, it was the movie, and of course, figuratively, it's what you know. It's just the colors just pop, and it's, it's just absolutely incredible. So, but I can't imagine the Blu-ray version looking terrible <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah. But this is like the best possible um, version. Let me ask you this. So you have your um, 4K. How, how big is your screen? A 75-inch. Uh, okay. Uh, do you notice an appreciable difference between 4K and Blu-ray on older films? I can. Um, okay. Black and white, maybe not as much, but okay. I find the HDR grading also helps with the um, the black and white balance. So HDR yeah. makes the whites whiter and the blacks blacker. So... You do notice it, but then again, most people probably won't. Most people look at it and not really see much of a difference. Yeah. And I'm talking uh, live action more than cartoons because cartoons you can finagle with technology yeah, and make ex- them look exactly. great. You know, if you want, <laughs> exactly because because I, I had the um re- the Blu-ray of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and mm-hmm. that was fine. It was actually was mastered in 4K, right? But then as part of the Columbia Classics collection, which had that on 4K, it just happened to be there. I wasn't planning on getting the 4K of that, mind you. It was just part of it. And I wanted the other films like Lawrence of Arabia and uh, Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it and yeah, there is a difference. You can tell, but mm-hmm. it's subtle. It's yeah. very, very subtle. That's why Another caveat is, okay, with Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, if something is mastered in 4K and then compressed down to Blu-ray, it looks very close to 4K except for the HDR color grading, okay? That's yeah. why this looks amazing because this these were scanned in 4K. Yeah. But I can't imagine the cartoons looking that much better if they were released on 4K UHD, um, yeah. I don't. I think it's. I would think it's overkill, and I and like I said, I'm a collector of 4K, and I would think it's overkill. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, there's a difference. But you need the bigger TVs to really appreciate, it. right? And there's probably somebody watching. I disagree with that, but you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't see a noticeable difference, and I don't have a 4K TV, so I'm only looking in like the the shops and stuff, just seeing, ooh, uh, you know. So, but uh, you know, someone who collects them, you know, that's why I had to ask, you know, if yeah. you can notice it, and it, you know, someone who cares about such things, you know. Mm. Um, so that that's interesting. Um, Backing up a bit, I want to ask you some Australian questions, just out of Uh-oh. curiosity. Um, no, we don't ride in kangaroos to work. No, no, no. In no, the no. patches. No, it's more to do with <laughs> movies <laughs> and cartoons. Um, your TV, was it PAL or NTSC? 
does as far as I'm aware, it doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. No, no, I, I, I mean back in the day. I don't mean currently. Oh, back in the day. Oh, yeah, um, well, Powell, I'm Powell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old system back in the nineties. I haven't heard that term in a while, actually. But back yeah. in the nineties and that, yeah, Powell and. I would remember having some NTSC tapes because there were a few things that just wasn't available here. It right. was bootleg. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and it, like, for example, um, you know, the Tom Cruise film Legend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that that, that that infamously had multiple cuts and the one we couldn't get here was a North American cut that had the uh, Tangerine Dream or whatever they called the band. They did the music instead of uh, Jerry Goldsmith. And... The only way you could get the American one was via bootleg, and um, but that was right. an NTSC, so I had to have a special VHS player to sort of convert it. I, I forgot how it did it was ages right, ago, right. but no, it was definitely no a power matter. system similar to what the Japanese had, so it's sort of like on par with what they had. Okay. Just kind of curious because, you know, it's like I think more people around the world had PAL than NTSC, yeah. but I know NTSC Correct. made its way around, but, you know, I think PAL entered into the picture slightly later and just took over by just virtue of starting later, you know? And so that was the standard. They said, Oh, this is better. We're just going to, and a stubborn Yanks here just said, man, we're just sticking with what we got. Well, but to be fair, pal has a different frame rate as well. So sometimes some films will feel a bit unnatural. Like, like a sped up It's like a 4% speed up. Yeah. So, Again, most people won't even notice it, but I'm sure if I look back now on my pallet tapes, I'll be like, oh, this seems a bit slightly quicker than before. You know, if it's a film I'm familiar with, like maybe Robocop or whatever. Yeah. Of course, it might be a situation like they've done here where, you know, it's something shown where they actually have artificially sped it up just to Mm. fit more commercials and stuff like that. You know, Mm. I've noticed that on old sitcoms and stuff like that. And you don't notice it during the show too much because it's just people talking. Once you get to like the theme song, like let's say Green Acres, it's all, it's a, it's all, it's like slightly faster. And you're like, Hey, that's not right. Anyway. Now I'm currently working on a book called TV animation you know, it was called TV cartoons, but Scott Shaw is doing the cover and he said, you should do TV animation. So I said, okay, TV animation that is uh, forgotten. And um, now someone like you or I, who are historians have studied all this. It's like, it's not forgotten. And it's on my shelf back here, you know, but yeah, um, exactly. Is that, did Australia, this is another childhood question. (laughs) Did Australia generally get all the same stuff that the U S made? Or was this stuff you did not generally see until maybe home video or DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever? Um, we, we got the most popular stuff. So, for example, mm-hmm. when Ninja Turtles was a huge thing, we had the Ninja Turtles cartoon, uh, right. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a mixture of the US and UK t- mm-hmm. um, TVs. And we, are we talking specifically animation or... Yeah, more animation just for the sake of the book. But, right. I mean, I yeah. know there's the live action stuff that you know, of course, made it around the world and others yeah, that didn't. You know, because so. we got because we you know we had Sesame Street that kind of stuff. You know, in the yeah. US because like, I remember you know grew up with that. Um, but then we had the Australian um kids show called Play School that's been around for fifty years. So you know <laughs> that's, that's that's that kind of thing. Um, but because we've had our origins, um, there was still. I guess part of the British crown, you know, was still (laughs) part of the monarchy. You know, our head of state is the, you know, King Charles, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so we would have a lot of stuff in Britain, especially when I was growing up. Uh, Maybe not as much today, but a lot of the kids' stuff would would come um, from there. And I'm talking more kids' stuff 
yeah um, at the moment so you got stuff like danger mouse more than like say we would or something you know things like yeah, that yeah you know, exactly that's what well, just popped in my head you know it's like you know British, little stuff British like um origin i mean have you have, like have you heard of uh, super ted yeah it wasn't very yeah. popular here but it made around it was more it was popular. Ca- yeah, cable yeah. Th- cable thing like you know, a lot of things dolls and yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to really think back here uh when yeah. i was young about it was a lot of british stuff i mean yeah there was australian stuff uh, too of course um but it was more of a case of well it's actually cheaper to import than it is to make our own stuff because our population um, it's still small. It's only like 28 million, um, for, you know, and our land mass is like the same, nearly the same as the US. So right, right. <laughs> compared to 400 and whatever million you guys have. You're all um, around the coast. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, just, just spots around the coast <laughs> right, and right. like maybe five five people living in one like 200 <laughs> kilometer, 600 kilometer region, like or a few hundred miles as you guys say. So, um, but you know there were Australian things like Blinky Bill. I mean, you might you might want to ask Keith Scott because he he, he actually did voices on that uh, show. Um, so you know we we we, we, had, we we and just for those who don't know, Blinky Bill was basically a koala, and it was just the you know adventures of the koala and his friends in the forest trying to prevent you know the forest being cut down or whatever. Um, I actually did see recently they did do I suppose a reboot, and just like what everyone seems to be doing. Let's make it cheaper and let's do some outsourced CG animation. And it looked looked <laughs> awful. It looked absolutely, it, it didn't look good at all. I was like, all right, fine. I'm not the target audience for this kind of show. But I know if my kids try to watch that, they'll be like, this looks bland and uninteresting. I'm not going to bother watching it. Yeah. Um, whereas Bluey, yeah. um, I mean, say what you want about it. That that thing's a juggernaut. Um, yeah. I uh, and, and I actually met the author he was at the convention this was before blue blew up and he was you know doing the usual thing at conventions <laughs> you know drawing and whatever and meeting people and stuff like that so you know um so it does work hustle does work kids <laughs> you know <laughs> you might be you might make the next bluey yeah. um but but, yeah. but as a kid i mean you are younger than me but i mean did you get like out you know every Hanna Barbera thing that came down the pike from us. You know, so you got your Roman holidays and your Chan Clan and your Wheelie of the Chopper bunch and all that stuff. Or is that kind of like more, no, more or less? Yeah, okay, <laughs> more or less. Uh, weirdly enough, last night I started writing the script for my next physical media review, um, which I can reveal exclusively will be for Hey There It's Yogi Bear. I'm going to do that Blu-ray release. Yeah. And I was writing the script and I was writing about my experiences with Hanna Barbera and how it's. Feels like it's they're mostly forgotten now, um, which could be another topic for another video we could do. But, uh, but but going up in the late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, mid nineties, and so on, uh, Hanna Barbera, Cartoon Network came here about the mid nineties. So before then, yeah, they played a lot of the um, Hanna Barbera stuff, you know, in the mornings or in after school, they would have some cartoons as well, uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, we had Kids WB. Um, mm-hmm. And, and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, we had Yogi Bear and other stuff. And then by then when Cartoon Network came, I think we shared the same broadcast with Singapore and Southeast Asia at first, mm. but they played all of the, well, some might say cl- classics, you know, I mean, come on, you know, um, uh, Joe, see the pussycats and that kind of, you know, beautiful uh, right. Right. <laughs> stuff, but, but, the, but they'll play, but they played that mixed up with the new stuff, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, uh, Johnny Bravo, that kind of stuff. Right. 
So we definitely uh, uh, had all, all of that. So, yeah. But some of them, like the Chan clan, I don't recall seeing. Maybe he was shown, but I don't recall. Um, uh, jab Things like Jabberjaw, I don't recall seeing. Um, Wait till your father gets home. I, I, we never saw that. I actually discovered that on DVD years later. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you didn't get everything. Okay. And, I mean, I mean Scooby-Doo, Scooby of course, is... Yeah, and I'm thinking... Know, what was on TV prior to Cartoon Network? Because I'm sure Cartoon Network homogenized a lot of things around the world, you know, and yeah. it's like everybody sees everything. So it's like, but, you know, like, did you get all the theatrical cartoons? Like, did you get the old Terry tunes and the old Woody Woodpeckers and, you know, everything like that? Or is it like hit and miss before? Hit hit, hit and miss. Um, okay. Looney Tunes, definitely, because of Kids yeah. WB. Right. And then yeah. eventually um, they played on Cartoon Network once we got it as well. But both, you know, we had both things. Yeah. Um, Disney, there was we did have the Disney Channel as well. That came about the time Cartoon Network because we had cable TV. It came into Australia about the mid nineties, at least where I, I am. So we yeah. did we had um, satellite and cable, but before that it was just aerial, yeah. like four four channels pretty much. That's it. Uh, so Disney was shown. In fact, I even saw the Song of the South on Disney Channel here. Would you believe? I could not. That that's a bit surprising. So they actually did show it here once and only mm-hmm. once, I think. Um, and we won't get into that <laughs> that topic. Yeah. Uh, well, it came out on uh, Laserdisc in Japan, so I mean, it was that side of the world pretty more commonly available. I mean, everybody here's got a boot bookmark again, but you know, it's like uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but as for Woody Woodpecker, it might have been shown. I don't recall seeing it. I may have it may have been shown. Um, definitely not Terry Tunes. Uh, I don't know some anime pretty much started um yeah. like like uh the, the, there was a there's a Cartoon Network nighttime block where they started showing anime like Neon Genesis that kind of stuff yeah. um Astro Boy um you know that I've seen that uh so yeah hit or miss um uh, Tom and Jerry yes and some text series were, were mixed in with that so yeah just okay whatever was I guess more more popular and worth exporting to Australia and then. Over the years, uh, and I'm going to talk about this in the book, is there's a few shows that originated in Australia, among other mm-hmm. things, and then they made it over here. But, you know, it's like they're not commonly known, but I just know they were made there. Some some are Hanna-Barbera, you know. It's like I think like some of the Funky Phantoms were made down there. Uh, there's Drac Pack and Dinky the Dog. and Freaky Koala. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, um, there's a series called Around the World in 80 Days that was Australian-based and stuff like that. Was that shown more commonly down there? Or did they create stuff like that, to your knowledge, just for the U.S. market and stuff like that? Because it's bigger. It must have been just for the U.S. market, because I've never seen any of that here at okay. all. I mean, it's uh, on it, it's on home video now. I mean, if somebody yeah. wants to look it up. But they were made in Australia. so Exactly, you know. yeah. Because um, Hanna-Barbera, yeah, opened up a, uh, I guess, a satellite studio, I think, in yeah. Sydney. Yeah, it's called so- Southern Star at one point, you know. And yeah. I think it, I think they changed the name over the years to like Hanna Barbera Australia think, or something, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because as we all know, and some people may not know in in the watching this, yeah, Hanna Barbera. Yeah, they basically just expanded to the point where they just needed to get outside help because they were just it was like a sausage factory. I think after the Taft Corporation bought them. They start and of course on Scooby Doo explode. It was like you know make more of this, more of this, more of this, yeah. you know. And you know, oh, can we do these funny drawings? No, we got to keep on yeah. low budgets and appease the censors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And part of that is of course opening up satellite studios. I think Australia and uh, there's all, I think Canada. I think I th- did Canada have one? I'm trying to remember. There was another 
satellite studio somewhere else. Um, um well, they had their own studios. I mean, Canada, yeah, yeah, that makes Nirvana, sense, yeah. and uh, things mm. like that. You know, but, but yeah, they got him to help. But then, of course, during the eighties, we we see how um, the in betweening starts getting farmed out uh, to yeah. other other places yeah. and to you know cut costs. And I think that's been detrimental in the long run to artistic ness um, yeah word um yeah because you know the the old masters they learn by in betweening basically that's how they got so good whereas now you're just drawing if you're just drawing key poses and stuff and using the algorithms to change yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work work as uh well but anyway i digress now, now did you ever get any like really obscure stuff like some of the stuff i'm talking about in the book uh, like uh, the Hal Seeger stuff, and I'll mention some titles, you know, like uh, Milton the Monster and uh, um, Fearless Fly, and uh, <laughs> uh, these aren't ringing a bell with you, so I guess not. No, you know, these no. are from the it's, 60s and stuff. You know, no, it's like my, my dad may have seen them. Yeah. Um, and I might even ask him if you remind me. I can I can ask about those titles if he saw them or not. And, yeah. um, you know, but then again, by that point, maybe, you know, he was chased, you know, chasing women by that point who's a teenager <laughs> yeah he you know he yeah. um came, came, i mean some of those predate me but up. i mean i you know it's like and you know or even something going even further back like crusader rabbit which dates back to the late 1940s you know but it's mm. like um and then they made a new series in the late 1950s you know mm. or things like calvin and the colonel and you know or did you get like the Three Stooges cartoons of Clutch Cargo or anything? See, a lot of that stuff I'm covering. Yeah, we, as, yeah. as far as I'm aware, no. <laughs> um, uh, at, yeah. le- at least with me growing up, you know, maybe yeah. they realized that how terrible it was. And hey, we, get, we could actually import some good stuff now so we can yeah, you know, show yeah. that. I'm sure the better stuff, I can't say always the best stuff. I'm sure the better stuff tended to be imported and or exported. I mean, mm. um, I don't know what shows officially came if there's any cartoons that officially came that were solely australian but i mean over the years you know i know there's like the wiggles you know and the wombles and uh yeah. uh let's see and then for comedy paul hogan had a show which came over here a little bit it wasn't like gangbusters you know and mm. uh but you know it's just things i remember coming from australia yeah. that i go hey you know wow cool <laughs> yeah like you know, evening viewers and i kind of evening viewers like he does, he does that. He does the whole um, what we call the Aussie larrikin, you know, the laid back, you know, um, mm-hmm. kind of bloke. Um, of course, uh, Hogan went on to do Crocodile Dundee, which was a huge yeah. smash hit. And strangely enough, when that was became a big hit, his old show went away. You know, and it's like it's I like the old show because it was kind of like Monty Python and stuff like that. But you know, it's okay. <laughs> like oh, I, I, I could send it to you if you if you <laughs> if <laughs> like the one I remember. And you know, is like he did a combination of uh, Hawaii Five O with Benny Hill. It's called Benny Five O. And so they're running around in the Hawaiian Islands, you know, with their guns drawn, but really fast, like they used to do with the yakety sax playing in the background and all that stuff. So. Well, we had Benny Hill here. We uh, yeah. we did have Benny Hill here, so I can yeah. I, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's the type of stuff that's on that Paul Hogan show. I've I've heard in recent times he's kind of like a Bill Cosby or you know uh, Rolf Harris or something. He's gotten a little bit of trouble here. So, but anyway, it doesn't hinder my enjoyment of some of these things you know because hey they did that you know yeah i think with uh, yeah i think with um with benny hill i think it was just more is benny hill still funny today i don't don't think i've heard any 
any uh, allegations of anything bad, less in, along the lines of uh, Rolf Harris and um, yeah. And, uh, the only thing Rolf they say about yeah. Benny Hill is they always kind of say is his stuff dated because it might be considered sexist or something. Yeah, that sort of thing. That, you know, that could be up for like, debate. I, but I don't think yeah. he was a mon- monster in terms of uh, like like you know, the other two. No, um, no. I mean, he was a very private person. I heard, you know, like in interviews with Dick Van Dyke for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, he was very quiet to himself. He didn't talk to anybody until he was uh, supposed to be on. And then suddenly, you know, it's like a lot of factors. You know, they're quiet and reserved until they acting yeah <laughs> exactly but yeah with because you mentioned rolf harris and the funniest yeah, thing yeah. about that <laughs> is um is how yeah i i think i mentioned to you in a, in a comment we had this uh dvd set um that came out but you know 50 years of television in australia one of the channels is you know channel nine and mm-hmm. which i got it was actually it's actually a pretty good set it's got some really cool rarities about the history and of course one of the big milestones was the whole uh rolf harris doing the um the board, you know, time he came through down sport. Right. And it was just amazing how he was so revered. You know, he he did the, you know, paint to the queen and did all this stuff. He had murals everywhere. And then as soon as all this stuff came out and was confirmed, like, yeah. but yeah, he, he did some really bad things. How just when he, when his death was announced, it was like, it was like, all right, good, good riddance. <laughs> you know, no, no one cared. Like, yeah unfortunate but you know um if you really did those things you know it's kind of unfortunate there i still have a tendency to separate the person from their things mm-hmm. because i mean uh if you know, if i couldn't i couldn't be a beatles fan for example you have ringo in your shirt um you know because you know i've heard horrible things about john lennon you know and he's like you know that's written some of my favorite songs of all time if i really analyzed and said he was a horrible person to his wife and everything well you know well then I couldn't listen to it all, but you know, it's like hey. all, all these uh, Beatles socks, which um, I, I always get bored. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you can, uh, you know, people think, oh, you must have prepared for a Beatles thing because I had the socks right there. No, no, I, I didn't. I just had this book right. But yeah, the legitimate reason I had this book, I don't know if you've ever seen this book called The Beatles on Record. It's it's dated now. It came out in the early '80s, but I tend to post on Facebook uh, fifty years ago. And um, so I said, oh, we're getting into late 2023. Um, Ringo's album came out, the one called Ringo. And so at the end of (laughs) 73, it was photograph and mind games there. And so I put up photograph today because September 24th, 1973. So 50 years ago. So there we go. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah and, and i'm even wearing ringo shirts there we go when so, i saw him yeah. that's you know when i saw him in 2013 and um in a few weeks from this recording i'm finally gonna see paul mccartney in concert so that's no cool. i'm not wearing that this is a show that even people in the united states wouldn't know necessarily um this is charlie and humphrey it was a children's show that aired in san francisco in bay area and they used to do a half hour show in the 70s and then later they did these little um what do they call them Public service announcements. I don't know if they have similar thing like that in Australia. They they, they, they do. Yeah, yeah. They, Where they, they take do a lot more. Regular yeah. characters and they're doing like a 30-minute spot. Well, it's like what you've seen probably at the end of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's like, look both ways before you cross the street. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> so, I mean. Oh, exactly. Uh, so, this says glue. I need glue. And the, the theme of it was borrowing without asking because uh, the dog here. Oh, that's the dog. Uh, Humphrey borrowed the lamp without asking, and then he sneezes, the lamp breaks, and then he says, Blue, I need blue. Anyway, so that's the story on that. 
I thought it was one of the Beanie, the Beanie and Cecil characters. It looks very similar. It, it is very similar, just strangely enough. Yeah. I mean, this is the horse, you know, uh, Charlie the horse, Charlie horse. Huh? And uh, yeah, but they're big horse. in the San Francisco Bay Area. But you know, outside of that, if you're even in Los Angeles or on the East Coast, unless you migrated around, you wouldn't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, exactly right. It, but when I saw this shirt, I said, "Oh my God, somebody made a shirt!" <laughs> you know, so gotta buy it. <laughs> anyways. Of course, definitely. Uh, so, so your Ringo shirt says 2013. Then is that what yep. it says? Or, okay, yep, yep. okay. Yes, because the album with that cover is is Ringo 2012. So I was wondering, you know, it's hard to tell if that's a two or a three, but it looks like a three. That's so. a, it's a three. That's probably yeah, repurposed it for the show, which he actually played at Festival Hall in um in West Melbourne, and that was the place where the Beatles played back in the 60s. Okay. So I've been doing a lot of uh, Beatles shows recently. You're like one of the first non-Beatles shows I've done in a while. Here we're talking about the Beatles. That's okay. Um, and uh, I saw Ringo in June of this year. And um, the funny story about him is, you know, and you probably remember this if you've seen him live there, is at the end he's all doing the jumping jacks and everything like that. And he's 83 years old. And he plays outside stadiums a lot. So there's the grass to sit in, you know, when you're further back. And he's doing jumping jacks on stage. Meanwhile, people that are probably at least 10 years younger, if not more, are like struggling to get up off the grass. Like, (laughs) as I get to the concert, it's like, uh, I had no trouble, fortunately. But yeah, I felt their pain. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, my favorite line from the concert was, um, he goes, if you don't know this song, then I don't know what on earth you're doing here. And of course, it's <laughs> the Yeah. Yes. Um, now, when you saw him, the, the new one he did, I'd seen him before. The new one he did, he finally did Octopus's Garden, which I was very happy to hear. So. And, yeah, I don't uh, think he. Pl- yeah, I don't think he played that. Um, he, yeah. he was with his all star band and it was just all different you know, yeah. songs. It was a great concert. I loved yeah. it. It's just, yeah. And I think. This man I'm going to mention was also at your concert because he's been in the band many times, but he's a fellow Aussie is Colin Hay, you know, from Minute Work. So, you know, he was yeah. at the current concert too. So anyway, <laughs> just a little Australian connection there. Anyways, <laughs> um, so where are you seeing Paul? Just out of curiosity, since you're going to see him. Uh, we're we're seeing him, uh, funnily enough, because um, wife and I are going to see him and, um, and when <laughs> we, we we're seeing him at, at this uh, sports stadium now, I kid you not, it's called Marvel Stadium, and yes, it is Marvel, as in Marvel Comics, right? Wow, so cool. there's actually there's, there's a small museum there with Marvel stuff and all that, and yeah, I think Marvel they they just had the naming they bought the naming rights and it's called Marvel Stadium. Um, I mean, I, I hope look the the seats there are definitely a lot better. I, I saw Billy Joel in December at the fabled MCG Melbourne Cricket Ground. That's one of the most famous stadiums in the in the whole world. But the seats were just so <laughs> cramped together, and I was like, I was having knee troubles. Like, oh, this this hurts. And I'm th- and the person next to me, thankfully, I think she got up and to go just to the ground just to dance or whatever. I'm thinking, oh, good. And I I just rotated over like, oh, that's so much better. But. <laughs> Yeah. So hopefully the seats here are not going to be as bad, but um, but I was surprised because it sold out pretty quickly the McCartney concert, but they didn't um, announce a second night in Melbourne, which was I'm sure he would have sold that out if he if he did it. But uh, mm-hmm. the, there's a second one for Sydney, but not Melbourne. But whatever, mm-hmm. I got my tickets. I'm happy. I missed out on seeing him in 2017. Because um, funny story with that, 
I book a holiday for 10 year wedding anniversary with myself and my wife. And I have to bring the kids along because, you know, it's, we're going to go for a month to Japan. So I book it December, 2017. We're excited. We're going to go. Right. And then a few weeks later, Paul, uh, Paul McCartney um, announces, yeah, I'm coming back to Australia after so many years. Great. When are you coming? December, 2017. Really? <laughs> like, so, and, and, and I thought, okay, maybe he might be in Japan when I'm there. You know, I might see him in Japan. Yeah. No, he's coming when I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't tend to hit Japan as much as he should. Maybe because he got thrown in jail that one time. I don't know. Well, I mean, he, he well yeah. he was actually going. He was legitimately going there. It was yeah. just yeah, unfortunately. But, I, but the I think this current time isn't he only going to Australia and then coming back? You know, I think I could be I wrong think, on that. I think so. Yeah. He's, he's he's even doing a, a concert in a rather more intimate. Um, sort of arena i think that would be interesting and this is only like maybe ten thousand people or something like this is you know small and you know by concert standards so i think that would be interesting like in a small venue um apparently those tickets five minutes completely gone so <laughs> if you don't surprising. mind yeah if you don't mind me asking you don't have to save how much were the tickets <laughs> uh let's see 300 a person Ooh. so but that's australian dollars so <laughs> but still you know <laughs> Even the, the, in the, American dollars, it's going to be similar. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be yeah. like two, two, two hundred twenty dollars US, probably. You'll put probably the yeah. But you know, but here's yeah. the thing: I don't go to concerts that often, yeah, at all. And I, and I'm not going to try and justify because hey, I'm I'm I I said hey, I want to do do this. Um, yeah. It's one of those rare times I'm willing to splurge. Um, yeah. Versus, you know, like sometimes you'll you'll spend a lot of money and be like, oh, why did I bother buying this? Whereas in this case, um, right. It's worth it. Um, I actually spent money to see Bob Dylan in concert, and I left after 15 minutes because the guy Ooh. sounded like Scooby Doo on stage. He was awful. <laughs> uh, I, mean, uh, I, I mean, I mean, look, Bob Dylan never had the greatest singing voice. We all know yeah, this, right? Yeah, but the yeah. problem, but the problem was, you go there for the the poetry, the the, the lyrics and stuff, and yet yeah. the guy was like, <laughs> like that, that, you could not hear a thing. It was so wow. bad. Um, that's even was... that's even worse when I saw him, and I saw him probably about ten years ago. And yeah, that was about what I saw. Him. I, yeah, I always tell 10, people, it, I, you know, I just went because I should go. I was never a huge Dylan fan, but I said I should go. And fortunately, I had brushed up on like more of his current albums because that's pretty much what he played. So if you're going there trying to hear blowing in the wind and mr tambourine man or whatever all his early stuff in the 60s forget it you know you the earliest song he played he played one song uh tangled up in blue from 1974 but everything else was from this century you know so well he was doing the early <laughs> stuff with for, yeah. he was doing the early stuff that yeah. i saw him and yet yeah. he just he was so unintelligible and a lot of people <laughs> did leave like it was actually <laughs> a flood of people just leaving it was like <laughs> what is this um the aussie um uh, singer uh, Paul Kelly, he opened up for him, yeah. um, and he was great. And yet, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I shake my head. But I, I mean, I've, I've seen Simon Garfunkel um, live, and uh, cool. I think that's that's probably one of the last the old friends tour. I think that was the last thing, and I think they yeah. they stopped because I think yeah. Garfunkel had an issue with his. Yeah. Well, Simon's yeah, Simon is now retired. Period. It's, yeah. yeah so. it, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh, so, so I'm glad I saw them. Um, yeah. What else did I see? Um, I mean, I've seen the Queen tribute band. I saw Elton John just before COVID shut everything down, and that was pretty good. He's he's a great entertainer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, what else have I seen? I've 
uh, Eric Clapton I saw. I mean, mm. yeah, again, as you mentioned before, separate the art from the artists, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was th- front, I was uh, third row centre uh, seeing Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, was cool. to see. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the greatest one of all, which I know you're going to be jealous of this one, uh, Billy Ocean. <laughs> Get out of my dreams. Yes. Get into my car. <laughs> He's the and, only artist. I don't know if he had it in Australia, but I think in America, he has three top ten or number one hits that have like eight. Uh, it's an eight word title. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said that out. So it's get wow. out of my dreams, get into my car, and I forgot all the Caribbean Queen, no more love on the run, and there's one other one. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, love really, love really hurts with that. No, nah, it wouldn't be that one. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, but yeah. the thing is, he you know, he, but because he, he's from the Caribbean, as we know, um, yeah. He, yeah. he and he has white hair in that, but he's got these massive white hair dreadlocks, and it was, um, oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> and, and and the <laughs> greatest thing though, I have the tour shirt mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. and they misspelled Melbourne where I'm from, so I'm like <laughs> beautiful. Love All it. Right. All right. I absolutely love it. <laughs> So if you, if you, but if you if you get a chance to see Billy Ocean, like no, seriously, he is an amazing entertainer. Highly recommended. Okay. Um, I mean, I do know a few of his things, obviously. So it's like you know, um, and I'm not immune to seeing you know it, the price can deter me. Uh, did you see, have you seen Paul before? Going back to Paul McCartney. McCartney. Yeah. No, no, no. I okay, tried to. So but, yeah. It's worth it then if if you've never seen him before, and I encourage people to, but. I've seen him five times before, and so the last time I saw him was 2005 when I thought the prices were starting to get a little high, and I said, eh, I've already seen him. You well, know, I wasn't even going to see Ringo this time, except my wife said, oh, I, I've never seen him. Let's go see him. And Ringo wasn't too pricey, so I saw him for yeah, six Exactly. Time, so. <laughs> but but, but we're, we're sitting um, on the, the ground, well, you know, well, with yeah. chairs, but, but on the ground yeah. level, midway center yeah. so we're actually good seats yeah there, no, so at least no, okay, i don't blame okay. you i do that too you know it's just yeah. you know for me it's it's more of the hassle of just getting it all set up i mean oh. uh you know and it's like but if you get it and everything great you know i mean i'm actually doing something finally uh this next uh summer um there's a friend of mine who is on the show occasionally charles rosney and after 41 years <laughs> I finally agreed to do his Liverpool and London magical history tour uh next August. I was almost almost going this year, but I did I chickened out the last minute. But I'm legitimately saving money to go for next August and I will be going That's Right. So, so, so write some more books a, and write and sell more books. <laughs> so that one's a few thousand dollars. So I I you know I'm really buckling down and not buying a bunch of crap so i don't even know going back to looney tunes if i'm going to get looney tunes uh that blu-ray right away it might be a christmas present oh, wifey you know <laughs> i know uh it's on my want list but it's like uh you know it's like uh it's just things like that if i pass up on a lot of these things then i can go on my trip if i keep buying all these things for right now it's only for a year after a year i can go back in my spending ways <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll we'll restrict you from buying it. You're not allowed to buy it. Like like not too late. But it's in stock. Not well. It could late. happen. I mean, you know, you know that that guy's name. I don't remember, but you've seen him. The the guy who does the Puppetoons movies. Yes. You know, there's like a volume three. But silly me, I forgot to get volume two, and I think it's long out of print now. And it's like, 
Volume two is still available, but oh, it's, it's okay. volume one that's the hard one to get. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't, okay. which I don't have, sadly. But anyway. yeah. Well, I have oh. the original theatrical on DVD, but I, I know he had extra things to the Blu-ray in that one, so yeah, I don't have that one either. So you know, it's like if I start with three, yeah. I'm going like, Argh. yeah, so yeah. But I, that's how these things go. It's like you know, if you don't get them right away, then suddenly they're out of print, and then suddenly hundreds of dollars and you're like oh, oh, oh. well yeah i don't i don't think this will be out of print so i, no, I really no i'm not worried that. about that one but you know yeah. um i remember one of the things you said earlier when we were talking about like the winding down days of like the golden collections disney was kind of winding down their uh disney treasure tins mm. and i assume you got those down there all of them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well when the last ones came out i was in a bit of a money crunch and so fortunately i chose above everything else to get Donald Duck volume four, but Oof, I skipped. Yes. Yeah. But I skipped over a net, which I never got. And um, there's one other, I skipped, I think. Dr. Oh, Dr. Sin, alias. Scapo. Dr. Sin. Now Sin, yeah. Dr. Sin has since come out on Blu-ray through the Disney movie club. So it's kind of a watch there, but I'm so glad I got the Donald Duck volume four, you know, yes. because those are some of my favorite Donald Duck cartoons. And it's like, I would just be like pulling what's left of my hair out, uh, <laughs> just going. I need to see these, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Now, now they're going for like four, five hundred bucks. So exactly. Yeah. So there's one time where I, I wisely made an investment when I really didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> and I had yes. to make a cho- I had to make yeah. a choice. So Donald Duck won a, won the day. So <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Um, let's see. Um. I don't know if I asked you this when you've been on the show before, but I can always ask you again. What got you into watching cartoons in the first place? Just them being on, or did somebody introduce you to it? What happened? What was your story? It just happened to be on, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and you know, I had VHS tapes of the, I mean, this is another, I guess, Jerry Beck connection, which I didn't realize that till <laughs> way after the fact, but they were at least... Um, you know, you know, you know that uh, series of VHS tapes were like Daffy with exclamation mark, mm-hmm. Elmer, mm-hmm. yeah, that series, and yep. also the um, Tom and Jerry VHSs that they did. Um, and there was like six volumes. I don't know if oh, yeah. more, but I, I got six of those, which kind of confused me in hindsight because they, I remember one of the shorts they had the um, Saturday Evening Puss, where originally it had the Mammy Two Shoes character, right? Mm-hmm. But then, but then, since then they had the Chuck Jones, they it was redrawn to be like an Irish girl or something, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, on this VHS, they had this girl, but they still had the Mammy Two Shoes voice, and it was just <laughs> so the audio didn't match the visual. No, it did. It, it actually matched, yeah. right? But it just didn't. Well, um... I mean, not the same. Well, I mean, you're expecting a black or a person of color, you know, and it was a yeah. white person. Okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was it was very it was very very yeah. strange. But yeah. everything else was just yeah. about you know uncut and yeah. all that stuff. I think there were one or two cuts here and there, but you know, I think I didn't notice until later once the Tom and Jerry Golden Collections came out. And yeah, now didn't you get on Tom and Jerry? Uh, didn't you get all the cartoons? Because I know there's two cartoons that they never put on the, the DVD yeah, the, sets or the Blu-rays. You know, although you can see them on YouTube, but yeah. Well, in, in the UK, <laughs> they released those two, so okay. Um, okay. so pretty much it's easy to find. I've got them all anyway. I've actually got them all in HD. Yeah. Um, you know, again in my server. So yeah. Um, but but I mean, did they release them legitimately just on home video in Australia, or was that a restricted thing there? 
to uh, I think a few things they did, but not much. No, oh, okay. um, there's just a lot of things. We 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 got some volumes of the gold collection, for example, but for mm-hmm. uh, Tom and Jerry. Mm, Okay. It's hit or miss with what comes here. I know the Fleischer Superman that came out this year, that new restorations, um, that did come out here, so I picked it up. Um, yeah. But aside from that, yeah, it's just... What do you think about this. that? I was going to bring that up earlier, so I'll bring it up now. What do you think about that? Uh, I think they overdid it with the scrubbing. The Again, most people are going to watch it, not care, and for, for them it's fine. But when you see what they're supposed to look like, it's similar to a lot of the DCD quote unquote restorations where all the backgrounds are scrubbed. Yeah. And it's, it's more of a disappointment. Um, is it the worst thing? No. If you can get that set cheap enough, I got it yeah. for five bucks basically. Oh, I, had, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had like a voucher um, lying around. I'm like, and, and I had like a buy one, go on free sales. So I bought something else and I had that. And I guess that was the free thing, like $5 difference or whatever. So yeah. uh, for that price, it's fine. Um, yeah. But they should have just scanned the negative and just not gone to um, grain removal happy. That that, yeah. that was the problem with it. Yeah. I ended up, uh, I was hesitant at first. I think I told you that when we were doing one of those commentaries, but I ended up getting it because like yourself, I did get it on sale and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say I was elated, you know, like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. But I mean, it's like, it wasn't as disappointing as I was led on because sometimes when they talk about DBNR, I think that it's going to be like, every line missing and you know, everything's yeah. muddy or something or whatever, but it actually looked pretty sharp. Uh, I still am going to keep my old DVDs uh, and uh, go on from there. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know. But what they should have fixed, though, I, I mean, DBNR, the DVNR yeah. aside, what they should have fixed was the ending because on a lot of the shorts, they just reuse the same ending clip, which is like, that's like a jarring, ending versus what was originally supposed to be there yeah. so they should have fixed that um yeah. but they didn't so uh and, pe- and people already on youtube have fixed it anyway so i guess i'll just <laughs> i'll just up because they're all in the public domain so you can easily right. see these on youtube now right well do, do you think bosco video will do a blu-ray upgrade because they're probably the one that had the best versions out <laughs> i mean technically someone like say steve sanchfield or whatever could release the majority of it because most of the Boscos are in the public domain. Um so well I mean the but, Superman was a Bosco video did a Superman collection. Oh Bosco that, video. I've yeah, about yeah, Bosco's yeah. actually Bosco. Well yeah I know thing. yeah he could do Bosco's too but yeah no I mean Bosco video that was they may not be in business anymore. I don't know but they did a Superman collection that I thought actually was superior than what was legitimately released from Warner's even on DVD. You know but yeah uh, you know um but I don't know if they're still in business. I mean, you know, some of these things that, you know, they're around for a few years and then they lose money and that's the end of them. So I don't know. Of course. Anyway, but um, anything else to bring up before we kind of wind it down or anything like that? Or um... No, I'm I'm ready for lunch. It's lunchtime here. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, it's bedtime here. No, it's not that late. It's it's about 7.20 p.m. here. But anyway, yeah. no, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. Um, yeah, and we just rambled on about cartoons and Beatles and a few other things, and it was really good. Um, let me know the next time you need a commentator on one of the Looney Tunes. Usually, Camden lets me know, but yeah, hey. And it's for oily hair. Is the next one you'll be oily on. hair? Um, okay, oily hair. Mm-hmm. It's it's something I, I'm going to assume it's got something to do with oil. I don't know. Just a, yeah, just a hunch. 
<laughs> Assange. I think I've seen it. <laughs> anyway, no, I always I always review them again, even if I yeah. you know I know I've seen them, but you know just to make sure I'm talking about what I'm talking about. You know, exactly. instead of just making it up, saying isn't this one with the Yosem- there's no Yosemite Sam in this one, Mark? Whoops. <laughs> anyway, <yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so all right, well, um. Any other projects coming out uh, that you care to discuss, or you know, it's pretty much uh, it's Looney pretty Tunes much the is, YouTube. Looney Tunes yeah. is your life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's my it's it's my life and uh, and and that work kids. That's pretty much it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm continuing the um the of course the review project, and I'm now going to start reviewing more physical media, and uh, yeah, hopefully get this channel uh, you know really growing. It's growing slowly but steadily which is which is good that's what you want you don't want to be like in some channels you can tell they've uh, bought subscribers but then when you try and look up their details of what's known as social blade it's like well okay you got a million subscribers but only 100 people are watching your videos so right, it's not right. like well <laughs> um so, so what's the name of your channel i know i know i know it but i'll let you tell it <laughs> that's right so it's uh, you know anthony's animation talk so um <laughs> It's all there, you know, it's a few hundred reviews all ready to go, so make sure you grab some popcorn and, uh, you know. And subscribe. And that's right, subscribe. Subscribe to this channel, too. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so I can give you more fun ideas podcasts. But anyway, um, and how, how do people get in contact with you if they want to either be a commentator or just uh, ask you a question about these old cartoons or just see me on social. Just see me on socials. Yeah, I'm, I'm on socials, um, and all my details are in, the, in every video anyway. So yeah, just hit me up, and um, you know, we, we go from there. I mean, I can't accept every single request, um, and part of that is just um, not everyone is suited for this. Um, you know what I mean? I'm trying to be polite about it um, because you know you may be a fan, but you know you, you like it just depends it depends on the situation you know some yeah. people are better off sending me a, maybe a recording that i yeah. could actually edit and that kind yeah. of stuff versus you know talking on the fly it's just a skill thing nothing more right right and i, I remember years ago and jerry beck can agree with this is when he was doing commentaries way back when i said i want to do some commentaries how do i do that and he said this and at first i was kind of offended by it is he says you have to be asked and I was kind of upset about that. And then I realized he was right. And that's how I ended up doing commentaries uh, for Shout Factory and for the DePatty Freeland Kino Lorber things. And, you know, somebody asked me. So it's like sometimes it just has to work that way. So exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Anyway. 100%. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, Anthony, Anthony, Andrew, Andrew Anthony, uh, whatever. It's Anthony's name is. animation talk, not Andrew's animation <laughs> talk. I know too many Andrews. Okay. Anthony Coderick for being my special guest. Go get some lunch. I'll get some sleep. And we will talk to you next time on the Fun Ideas Podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Anthony Coderick, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 234 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. 
This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you, and good night. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.